We're now going to worship together. We're going to sing in our opening hymn. This is that, that, that beautiful hymn of William Williams, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, and we'll stand to sing. singing well. Well, let's join our hearts as we unite in prayer. Let's pray. Oh, our Heavenly Father, you invite us this morning to enter through your heavenly gates and to walk by faith through your eternal courts. Oh, to behold our glorious conquering King, the Lamb upon the throne. Lord, our hearts long to enter in, to soar like eagles. Yet we often feel our sins have a notion of clipping our wings. And so we look up to the mercy seat where God answers prayer. Lord, we pray, please send your Holy Spirit. Oh, that you would carry us into that nearer presence. And as we stand before your throne of grace, Lord, we do rejoice once again in our great high priest, the Lord Jesus, who sits at your right hand, clothed in humanity, yet eternally divine. O oh, precious Saviour, O oh, lift our hearts 
lift our praise, lift our songs, and release your blessing, your cleansing, your mercy, your forgiveness, and fill us anew. Oh, that we would know your abounding grace and love. Lord, fill us with your strength and empower us with your Holy Spirit of truth so that we can breathe the, the very air of heaven. And so, Lord, as we continue in your presence, oh, how we adore our blessed triune God. For there is none like you. For you are holy, holy, holy. Yet, Lord, you look so tenderly upon each one of us. You still remember our tears, our cries. And Lord, we remember your tears, your agony on Calvary. And so, Lord, receive our prayers, our thanks and our adoration. And as we lift up our hearts in praise and our hands in prayer, we do thank you for the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're now going to take our Bible reading. We're continuing in the book of Ruth and we're now in chapter 2. The book of Ruth in chapter 2 and from the beginning of the chapter. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from, this, from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, 
Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you, le how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Amen. And may the Lord bless to us the reading of his precious word. Well, we do apologise for the technical issues we've been having in recording the sermon on video, but we do thank you for your patience. A number of years ago, I remember reading the story of a girl called Jenny. She was only 13 years of age, but lived life on the wild side. Well, each passing year, Jenny would get wilder and wilder. She was taller than most of the other girls in her class. Therefore, she found it easy to attract older men. She experienced all the sins and vices the world could tempt her with. Her father had separated from her drug-using mother some years earlier. Well, one night she was invited by a friend to an event at a local church. The minister's sermon left such an impression upon her mind. That night he shared the amazing gospel story of the prostitute who was so sorry about the way she was living that she cried at the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet dry with her hair. As the years passed, Jenny had become so wild that even her friends thought she was out of control. Well, one night, Jenny was so high on drugs that she began to break her heart. She was filled with such guilt, self-loathing and despair. Even the mind-numbing drugs could not suppress the overwhelming sense of guilt and shame that she felt within her soul. She was absolutely sick of her life, ashamed of her behaviour, and wondered in despair whether God really existed. Well, as she walked through the streets, she suddenly saw a beautiful statue of Jesus in the grounds of a church. The arms of the statue were outstretched towards her. Jenny ran and dropped to her knees in front of the statue of Jesus and just wept and wept. She then remembered the minister's story about the prostitute. Her tears ran down her face and onto the feet of the statue. As she wept, she now began to dry the statue's feet with her hair. For Jenny, the feet of the statue brought her to experience the amazing grace, love and forgiveness of God in Christ. She had reached rock bottom, yet her broken heart found grace and rest in the outstretched arms of Christ, her Redeemer. Well, here this morning, we're introduced to Ruth, another woman, who knew what it was to reach rock bottom, yet found grace at the feet of her Redeemer. Naomi, as we heard last Sunday, while she was in Moab, she knew that God had visited his people in grace by providing food. And so at the close of chapter 1, we find Naomi and Ruth returning to Bethlehem, weak, poor and hungry. For Naomi, she felt condemned, her heart was crushed and she felt cursed by God. But our heart also goes out to Ruth. Here she is, starving. She's a Moabite. We read in the Old Testament that there was a curse upon the Moabites, for they were not permitted to join the assembly of Israel. And she's a widow. She has absolutely nothing. 
no inheritance, no wealth. But the writer of Ruth wants us to know that not all is lost. Last Sunday, I suggested that the book of Ruth is God's response to the crisis of the royal messianic line. Some commentators would argue that it is also a defence of David's kingship. And so at the end of Judges, we read that there was no king in Israel. Oh, what about God's promises? God had promised that he would bless Abraham. His descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore. And a king would come from his descendants. And so we are now introduced to Boaz, a relative of Naomi's husband. Well, despite the picture of Naomi and Ruth's weakness, God provides a mighty redeemer. And so we're told that Boaz was a man of strength. He was a mighty man. His name means in him is strength. And he was also a man of Bethlehem, a man of standing, a noble man. He was wealthy, yes, he had fields and servants. And he was also a relative of Elimelech, a near kinsman. As the story will develop, we will also see that Boaz wasn't just a near relative, but that he was to be a redeemer kinsman. Well, in Leviticus chapter 25, we read that in Israel, there was a law called the law of the kinsman redeemer. If a man were to die with no children and his property went into bankruptcy, a brother or near relative could buy back the property in order to keep the family home. The relative would also be expected to marry the widow to provide children for the brother so the family line could continue. Well, this was known as a leveret marriage. But oh, there's more to Boaz. What a beautiful picture we see of Jesus Christ, our mighty Redeemer. Yes, he was born in Bethlehem. And he's a nearer kinsman. In Hebrews chapter 2 at verse 14 to 15, we read, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Yes, Jesus Christ came to this world and he shared in our humanity. He's counted as a near relative. And so Jesus, our nearer kinsman, we also notice that Boaz was rich, and so in Christ we have unsearchable riches. Well, as we continue in chapter 2, we see that through this mighty Redeemer, God provides amazing grace. We see that in verse 2 as we read, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. And again, in verse 10, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Well, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. But there's a problem here. Ruth is a Moabite, and the law states, A Moabite or Ammonite shall not come into the congregation of the Lord. Well, although the law excludes her, 
God's amazing grace includes it. I like that. For we read in Deuteronomy 24, When you go to harvest your corn, don't cut the corners of the field. Keep them for the stranger, for the fatherless and the widow. They were also told that if they drop anything, don't pick it up. It's for the stranger. Oh, what a provision of grace. And what perfect timing. It was the beginning of barley harvest. And so we read that Ruth happened to find herself in the field of Boaz. But this was no accident. As God sovereignly brought Naomi and Ruth to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest, and so he sovereignly led Ruth to the field of Boaz, God was fulfilling his great promise to Abraham, the promise of a Messiah, the promised seed, the coming king. And Ruth would be an ancestor of the promised Messiah, our wonderful kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. And so God sovereignly leads her to the field of Boaz, where God cares for her, guides her and provides for her. As Boaz arrives in his field and blesses all the workers, he notices Ruth and begins to inquire about her. And so we see now in verses 4 to 18 how God provided grace. Well, we read that Boaz notices Ruth. And he notices that she's taken refuge under the wings of Yahweh, under the wings of God. Well, in chapter 1 of Ruth, Ruth is not even noticed at all. When Ruth and Naomi enter into Bethlehem, the local women were just caught up with Naomi. And so Ruth wasn't even noticed, but oh, Boaz notices. And he noticed, oh, that she's taken refuge under the wings of God himself. And so because she has taken refuge under the wings of God, she will also find refuge in Boaz. So Boaz instructs his workers to give special care and protection to Ruth. She was to receive a double portion of blessing. She wouldn't just get the leftovers from the edges of the fields, but the workers were to make sure bundles would fall at the feet of Ruth. Isn't that lovely? Ruth had been under a curse as a Moabite. She was hungry and thirsty. She was so poor she had nothing. But as she takes refuge under the wings of God, as she takes refuge in her Redeemer, she is brought to the fields of Boaz, where her Redeemer notices her, cares for her and loves her. As Ruth opens the door of her heart to Boaz, he comes and eats and drinks with her. In Revelation chapter 3 at verse 20, we read, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Oh, well, Ruth opens the door of her heart to Boaz and she enters into the fields of abounding grace and mercy. Well, Ruth could certainly sing with the psalmist, God is our refuge and strength and our present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, Selah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Well, at the break of day, Ruth entered the fields of abounding grace, mercy and love, 
here she finds her redeemer. Boaz tells her not to leave the field. His grace is sufficient for her. Well, when Ruth returned home that night, Naomi poses the most profound question. Where did you glean today? Oh, well, Ruth could testify to the grace of God. God had led her, guided her and cared for her. God opened up the path of life to her. Oh, she gleaned in the field of her master and dined at the table of her redeemer. Well, God had provided not just daily bread, but an abundance of bread. She could say with the Apostle John, From the fullness of his grace I have received one blessing after another. And with the Apostle Paul she could testify, And my God has met all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so chapter 2 closes with Naomi giving thanks to God for his marvellous grace and provision. She rejoices and blesses Boaz, the Redeemer. And then she encourages Ruth to follow the young women that belong to Boaz and not to go to any other field. Well, Jesus shares a series of parables relating to sowing and reaping. And then we read in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Well, in the fields of Boaz, Ruth found the greatest treasure and would never leave that field. Well, this morning, you're invited to shelter under the wings of Christ our Redeemer, to glean in his fields of grace, mercy and love, and to never leave. Oh, will you come this morning and enter his rest? Will you place your trust and your life into the hands of Christ your Redeemer? Oh, let him guide you, protect you and care for you. And let his amazing grace overwhelm you as you seek the Lord now in prayer. Well, let's join our hearts as Helen Wilson now leads us in our intercessory prayers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your throne of grace through our Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace and mercy towards us. The hymn reminds us that it is only by grace can we enter, only by grace can we stand, not by our human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us, you call us to come. Into your presence you draw us, and now by your grace we come. It is with thankful hearts that as a family we come together to worship you. Father, help us to encourage one another with your love and compassion. And once again, we lift up to you those who are suffering from the loss of loved ones. May they be aware of your presence with them. And may they, like Ruth, rest under your wings in the days ahead. We pray for those members of our church who are ill, whether at home or in hospital. Give strength to all the carers by assuring them that you're with them. Father, we seem to hear every day of another person who has lost hope and taken their own life. Remember those left behind and traumatised. 
as your church, may we be enabled to reach out and support where we can. Oh, Father, how this world needs you. Do come in power and cause people to call out to you. We bring before you our sisters and brothers who are being persecuted in different parts of the world because of their faith. May they experience the comfort and strength of your presence and receive boldness to stand firm for you. We pray in particular for the missionaries with Christian aid in Haiti who have been kidnapped and threatened with death. May they be released unharmed to continue their work for you. We pray for that country as a whole, where the people have suffered so much from earthquakes and hunger and strife. Protect and provide for the agencies working to bring help in times of so much need. Father, we remember your church here in our own land. Do give wisdom to all who are in leadership and help us all to stand together. Cause us to bring hope to our communities with the good news of Jesus. And as we earnestly seek your face, let us see your purposes prevail and your will being done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. As we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to sing in our next hymn, Marvellous Grace of Our Loving Lord. I'm going to let you keep your seats for this one, so let's worship together.
And so may grace, mercy and peace from God our Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you.